The rift between pro and anti-Trump voters is not just found in rural and urban Ohio, it's in Cuyahoga County. Some local pollsters are wondering if their science is dying based on getting it wrong again Tuesday. And yet another audit is taking aim at embattled First Energy. It's the wake-up morning news briefing from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer for Thursday, November the 5th. I'm the editor, Chris Quinn. The urban-rural divide over Donald Trump isn't the only geographic rift apparent from Tuesday's election results in Ohio. Cuyahoga County has a pretty dramatic red-blue line, too. While affluent, well-educated western suburbs like Rocky River, Westlake, and Bay Village were deep blue, former Democratic stronghold suburbs like Blue Collar, Parma, and Brook Park were deep red, going heavy for the incumbent president. The Cuyahoga suburbs that went heavy for Trump resemble other areas of the state that also went for the president, helping him carry what was once considered a swing state by more than eight points. Biden won Cuyahoga County by a huge majority, with 402,000-plus votes to Trump's 195,000. But in the southern part of the county... Trump won a block that includes Strongsville, North Royalton, Broadview Heights, Brecksville, Walton Hills, Valley View, and Independence, among others. Reporters Eric Isaac and Rich Exner have the details on Cleveland.com with a map that clearly illustrates Trump's red wall in Cuyahoga County. The science of public polling appears to be on life support after getting it so wrong for the second presidential election cycle in a row. Public polls showed a tight presidential race in Ohio this year, leading the media, candidates, and state officials alike to treat it that way. But once again, Ohio voted more like a relative blowout for Republican President Donald Trump. Tom Sutton a Baldwin-Wallace University political scientist who oversaw polls of Ohio and three other Midwest swing states, said his team tried to learn from the errors of 2016, giving extra weight this year to -to harder-to-reach voters who tend to support Trump, white voters without college degrees, especially those from rural areas. Pollsters in general are struggling with the challenges of getting voters to answer the phone, a costly and time-consuming endeavor, which led BW, in turn, to conduct polls online. But public polls seemingly overestimated Biden's support in suburban areas and failed to detect increased turnout in rural areas that backed Trump even more strongly than in 2016. The polls may have failed to pick up on new and infrequent voters who showed up on Election Day and voted for Trump, too, because of how pollsters defined a likely voter. State utility regulators on Wednesday announced plans to conduct a new independent audit to see whether First Energy Corp. broke any laws or regulations regarding its interactions with a former subsidiary, while the companies pushed to secure a corrupt $1 billion-plus bailout of two nuclear power plants. The Public Utilities Commission of Ohio said in a release that it is seeking a third-party auditor to look into how First Energy Corp. officials interacted with officials at First Energy Solutions, 
which broke away from its parent company earlier this year and renamed itself Energy Harbor. The PCO said in the release that it took this action after First Energy notified the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission that CEO Chuck Jones and two other company executives were fired for violating company policies. Cleveland City Council gave approval Wednesday for Mayor Frank Jackson to hire a consultant to review operations at Cleveland's historic Westside Market and find ways to keep it viable. Council's approval allows the city to pay a consultant up to $137,000 for the review and recommendations. The move is an effort by Jackson to address long-standing complaints about the condition of the building and its long-term future. The consultant would collect thoughts from the community and from vendors to address strategies for expanding the market's role that could include things like introducing outdoor dining or making use of the mezzanine level inside the market. A strong ending to the shortened seasons at Cedar Point and Kings Island is giving parent company Cedar Fair confidence heading into 2021, even though it's likely the coronavirus pandemic will affect operations for least part of next year. Cedar Fair CEO Richard Zimmerman said the company gained significant experience in 2020 on how to operate amusement parks during a global health crisis. Cedar Fair reported third quarter earnings Wednesday that were not surprisingly dramatically down from a year ago. Six of the company's 13 properties never opened in 2020 or didn't reopen after being shuttered in mid-March, including its two largest parks, Canada's Wonderland in Ontario and Knott's Berry Farm in California. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. 